Hey everyone, welcome to the McNuttiest Dimension. I'm Chris McNutt, glad you could take some time. Stop by the Consciousness Salon where we... Let's expand, we take a little bit of time, let's expand perspective, let's expand consciousness. That, you know, we can get stuck in the fractals of our perspective and it is just infinite interdimensionality every direction we go don't have to lock into the one that you're in so much you can it's a cool place to be we're here for a reason in this 3d zone you doing your thing whatever it is but you know expansion of perspective it's not so claustrophobic people so let's Tell a story, maybe a little bit about story, because uh, the guest, Jared Iverson, um, who's on the show today, is a screenwriter, and he's got a project in development called Ascension, which is a TV series uh, focusing on the starseed journey, what's going on right here, right now, 2022. There's a lot of folks out there that are identifying as a starseed that's like, hey man, I'm in human form now, but like recently, my recent past, I wasn't and I was somewhere else, but we're here. We got a bit of a mission to raise human consciousness. So Jared and his partners are putting this into, it's a storytelling project because it's curious how humans here in this illusion of linear time that we're in and we see things in order that it turns out that order of time also is perfect for storytelling, right? So like we absorb, we process information through narrative and a lot of it has to do with just how we simply perceive time. Because if you have the perception that a lot of other beings and other dimensions do that, you know, it's an infinite now and everything takes place concurrently, past, present, and future are kind of one. Time's not linear. Maybe it's more circular. Maybe it's spiral, whatever it is. It doesn't lend itself so much to storytelling where you got a beginning, you got a middle, and you got an end. And, but our linear time perception lends itself so much to story and we love a good story. And it's not just that we learn from story, like we process through narrative. You can get a list of dry historical facts that just state facts. And when somebody weaves that into a story with characters, characters that we can relate to. We relate to their journey. And and then the story's got a beginning. It's got a middle. It's got an end. It's got climaxes. It's got subplots. And they all weave together. The understanding that we derive from that is uh, it's quite profound and it's quite deep. So, and we get a lot of learning, a lot of things get seeded into the human consciousness through our mass media, through movies. Like Hollywood's been doing this for a hundred years now or more and all across the world, um, TV and movies and what we're now in, you know, streaming platforms, TV series. It's like, this is the storytelling that is also helping to expand our consciousness. So, yeah, 
Now we're getting into stories that are about other things. There's, you know, there's TV series out there dealing with psychotropic experiences people are having, all kinds of psychic, mystical, sci-fi realm, you know, people go, oh, science fiction, but actually there's a hell of a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of time that sci-fi writers have spent kind of channeling stuff from high, you know, different levels of consciousness, bringing it into the now. So, you know, it fits that as more people start to experience this, uh, you know, come online with their identification as a star seed in their journey that, yeah, we want stories. We want things that sort of reflect that. So it's happening, people. It's going mainstream. You might've thought you were kind of alone and a little like, whoa, what the fuck? Am, am, am I crazy? But no, there's others, as you know, through the great online world, you're not alone. And um, so please welcome my guest this week, on the Magnetius Dimension, let's give a big uh, warm welcome to Jared Iverson. Jared, welcome. Glad you could spend some time with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited yeah, to be you, here. Yeah, you've got a you've got a robust story that touches on lots of different things, but maybe we could start with like our own touch point where we we met through a course that we both took over the past year um taught by Z Earth Star healer who uh the, she called it galactic shamanism. Mhm. Mhm. And now we're sort of on the other side of it. Uh Maybe explain how, how you ended up in that course along with me and it was about 60 or 70 other people exploring that topic. Yeah, that course was very powerful for me in a lot of ways. It was, I was kind of going pretty deep into the starseed journey at that point. I think I'd been kind of deep into the research of all these things for a couple of years, but I was very much like in my head about it, very... Uh, intellectualized in it and very confused in a lot of ways, honestly, because there's so many pieces and layers and, and different theories and things. And I, I you know, I, I saw a couple of her, I'd followed her channel for a while before that. And then she was talking about this mentorship and like felt called to do it. But, you know, I, I had a lot of doubts. I was like, I don't know if I can afford it or if it's right for me, whatever, whatever, all these stories. And then, you know, I, I kind of was letting it go. And then you know, I heard that the course had filled up and I was like, ah, you know, shoot, oh well. And then she had announced like, oh, I'm actually going to open it up to more people. And when she did that, I was like, all right, I got to just jump into this and do it. And I'm so grateful that I did because that helped me in so many ways to like integrate all of these things that I'd been working through and researching and like connecting with you and this community of people who like validated my experiences in a lot of ways and were saying like, okay, like you're not crazy, even though everyone in your life thinks that you're crazy. Like this stuff is, is real and true. And there's, you know, a whole community of people around the world that are experiencing these things too. Right. So you said you experienced like 
Because I had I had a similar experience of going from intellectual concepts. I'm a thinker from way back when, and that seems to always be my entry point. Um, and that that I you know my experience was took me into feeling, like took me into just feeling that connection, almost in a wordless way, more with whatever it is, my soul level, my starseed journey, where I came from, not in this Chris McNutt form. So what was that experience for like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I was always very like intellectual, I think, growing up and just through school, like you're really taught to be in your head all the time and through various traumas and coping mechanisms as a child, like I, I kind of just had disengaged from my body in a lot of ways, like the, the feeling, sensing, all that stuff. There was like, it was hard for me to connect to that. It was very intellectual, mental. So of course, you know, when I got into the spiritual journey, you know, that was my approach to things. It was all right, I want to understand this. I want to know how it works. And it was dissecting in this curiosity. I had this insatiable curiosity for things. But, you know, through Z's work and some a lot of other work that I've done, it, it's really about embodying, you know, and, and accessing your potential and, and who you really are. And that's much more about feeling and sensing and knowing. And I think those are the, the touch points that, like, kind of kept me going on, on my journey because if it was just an intellectual understanding, you know, I would have written it off and been like, oh, that's crazy. Like, of course, I'm not, you know, some soul from a different planet or dimension, but there's just this deep, like, feeling inside of yourself and this deep resonance. And yeah, I, I knowing is the best way I can explain it. Like, it just you know that that's true on some level. And that's why like, I kept pushing and kept going further through these layers of resistance and doubt and all these things, you know, when everyone around me was, you know, supporting the, the, you know, the doubt and all that, reinforcing it. But there's this unwavering, like, uh, nugget inside of you that's saying, keep going, keep going. And yeah, it was connecting to that and tr learning to trust those feelings that, kind of allowed me to deepen into that embodiment. I like that term embodiment. I've, I found it very helpful. And it's also made me realize that, you know, I'm going into my 53rd year here. I've, uh, you know, if, if I have any identification as a starseed, it might be you know, kind of like second waiver and we popped in here and there wasn't so much of the, uh, you know, community and understanding that there is now. And, and so I got into like my own exploration through like old school Buddhism and the yogic stuff. And so there was always this notion of escape, right? Like, you know, you're trying to get out of here. You're trying to liberate yourself. You're trying to get off the wheel of samsara and go somewhere else. And for me, this embodiment has been like, this revelation is like, no, it's like, yeah, it's the opposite. Like you just, you got to totally get into this journey and this vehicle that we have, this, this body, the, the meat suit, whatever you want to call it, that this avatar that we get to, you know, inhabit is magic. And, and, and it has like this, like powers and connection. It, it's like, it is the radio that you use to tune to the frequencies. And for me, that was, 
just this realization, so much in my head, so much about ideas, so much even trying to get out of here. And then it's like, no, I'm just supposed to absolutely be here in this form doing this thing. And that's coming online for me in the last year or so has been, wow, that's game changer. Yeah, that, that is such an important point. I'm really glad that you brought that in because like I was saying, like, you know, as a child, my coping mechanism was escape, disidentify and just kind of numb out. And then the whole reason I got into spirituality and meditation in the first place, because I had chronic illness and I was like so ill and in so much pain. And like, I it was desperate for something to relieve that pain. And it was totally an escape for me. Like it was something that I could hang my hat on like and have hope that, okay, I, I can escape this pain and be free of it. But it was still the same coping mechanisms of escapism. And, you know, even the starseed identity in a lot of ways was reinforcing that originally because it's like you can, oh, I can identify with this other aspect of myself. And then there's all this like, you know, desire to not want to be here anymore because why would you want to be in this <laughs> shithole of the planet, you know, when you can go back to this, you know, higher realms and all of that. But so uh, that's an important piece of, for me was like, and, you know, also the new age community kind of reinforces the escapism too with sort of, you know, this, the ideas that, you know, the ETs are going to, come save the planet or the government. Or even this new notion of, uh, of the new earth. That's like kind of replaced the liberation of samsara. We're, we're creating the new earth, but we're getting out of, as you said, the shithole and we're creating this new place. We're all going to live with. It's going to be awesome and excellent and all of that. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, Z calls it the, the new age glass ceiling or the new age deception. And that, you know, she's really helped me kind of, become aware of all this and become lucid to, to see all this and yeah, go back to the embodiment pieces because when you are able to embody those higher frequencies of yourself, instead of wanting to escape out, then it's like, you're really here. That's what you came here to do is to bring those greater truths, that greater love, greater, whatever you're, you know, you want to identify with, bring that here and, and transform the world from the inside out, not escape it. And how does that feel now? How's that settling in on, on the journey here, as you said, in the, the shithole planet? Or I, I sometimes think I've heard the description. We live in a ghetto. It's like a consciousness ghetto that's kind of run by the thieves and the pimps and the crooked cops and crooked politicians sort of like run the joint. But nonetheless, here we are. And uh, how how is it how's it feeling? How's life in the consciousness ghetto treating you now? <laughs> it, I mean, it's transformed everything. I would say I, I don't see it as a shithole anymore. I, I see it as as beautiful and a sacred, really sacred place to be here, and it's an honor to be here. And like that's all that perception has been able to settle into my consciousness because of of the embodiment work and. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a gift to be here. It's reminded me of the notion of, you know, the power of our avatar form where we actually create our own reality. So if you want to think of it as a shithole 
consciousness ghetto, that's where you're going to live. And if you want to think of it as, you know, sacred and beautiful and a gift to be here in this form and in this dimension, you're going to live there. And that so much of that comes into just from our own co-creative ability. And I, I've, I've been experimenting just with that notion lately. It's come on like through working with Z and other things of like, yeah, I'm just this divine creator, sovereign being, and, and I can make this anything I want. I'm not trapped in here. I'm not, you know, beholden to somebody else's vision. It's like, no, damn it. I can do whatever I want down here as this embodied being. Absolutely. And, and the amazing thing is, you know, for me, at least like when the more that I've done that work, the more my external reality has reflected that, like, like I was working, just grinding away for so long and getting nowhere and nowhere and nowhere. And then as I brought in more of the embodiment pieces, like the whole external world has changed and everything is just flowing to me now. And like, you know, it's just transformed in a couple of years when, you know, I spent a decade trying to get certain things going and nothing, nothing was moving. So it's cool to see that how the, you know, the external really is an unfoldment and reflection of our internal perceptions and, and the, you know, the frequencies that we hold. Another concept that's really been coming online, I've been exploring, it's just that notion of the amnesia and how it's woven into this trip that wherever we were coming from starseed higher frequency maybe we've even been in human form for thousands of lifetimes but we come in with a mission and then we totally forget it like you drop in and it's like oh no here's my mission and then it's like you don't know what it is at all and then you have to you know, part of the journey is just figuring out what the damn mission is to begin with. So, so how are you doing with this uncovering of your mission? Yeah, um, I call it following the breadcrumbs because that's what it's felt like to me. It's like you get one little breadcrumb and you, you take that step and that leads to something else. And then you take the next step and that it's just, it's like a, a process and a journey where you don't, you can't always see what the next step is, or, you know, it's just, you have to be present and, and take what the guidance in the moment is. Um, yeah. So like for me, I guess, I guess it like, I kind of, I never really had a, I had a sense that like I was here for some, like, deeper reason like i never felt called to the traditional path or you know what my parents wanted me to do or what my society wanted me to do like i was you experimented very, with it a little bit though you had some time in the corporate job world that sort of thing yeah i definitely did and that you know i went to college and i was majoring in business and marketing and like you know because i i hadn't been shown the possibility that there was really anything outside of that. Like I loved writing and I loved art and philosophy and all these like deep, deep thinking, deep things, soulful things. But like there was no one in my reality to kind of show me that that was possible as a way to make a living. And, you know, that's what was ingrained into me. You have to go be in business, get a job, do this, do that, be part of the matrix. And yeah, I, I definitely 
that's when I went to college. You know, I kind of was like, oh, I'll go into advertising because that's like sort of creative, but it's still in the business world. And that was kind of where my head was at at that time. But then I think everything really changed when I got sick, you know, and I had to take time off from school. And like, that was really like the inciting incident of kind of my awakening and connecting me back to my purpose in, in a lot of ways. And I wasn't aware of it at the time, but that's what inspired me to get into writing and, and to follow that path. So what was that experience? You, you mentioned it a couple of times getting sick. Mm-hmm. Do you, you yeah. want to share some of that, that journey? Yeah. Well, so when I first went off to college, you know, within like the first couple months I was there, I had like, really horrible flu symptoms and like stomach bug and all these things. And no, one could really figure out what it was because it wasn't going away. Like it went on for weeks and then months and then no one could figure it out. Went on, it ended up going on for years and years and years. Like eventually I ended up having to take time off from school because I was just feeling, you know, really unwell and mentally unwell and all these things. And I still had no answers and, just spent a lot of years of my life in doctor's offices and getting tests and poked and prodded and all these things. And, um, you know, eventually they said that it was like Lyme disease and all these other, you know, infections and parasites and all that. But spent a lot of years getting, you know, treatment from the medical system, which was like pumped full of antibiotics and pain meds and all this stuff. And it was a really dark period of my life to be honest really challenging and that was like one of the times where i really just didn't want to be here anymore and is that where you started to kind of gravitate more to the spiritual side of the house well it took time to get there like initially i I was very passive in a way like i was just letting my parents take me to doctors and people authority figures that i thought could help me and nobody could, nobody had answers for me. You know, even I tried for, for several years kind of taking that path. And eventually like I hit a rock bottom and I realized, okay, like this is not working. Like I can't just rely on these people to help me. And that's kind of what inspired me to be like, okay, I need to empower myself. I can't give my power away to these people because they don't know how to help me. I have to help myself. So that's when I like, I started researching far and wide about, you know, Lyme disease. And initially it was very focused on kind of the 3D physical disease, illness. How do you heal this stuff? But that, of course, opens doors into more naturopathic medicine and herbalism and all these other things. And then that opens doors to meditation and the mind-body connection, the power of visualization and tension. So it was really a gradual journey. Like looking back on it, I'm like, damn, why did it take you so long to realize this and, you know, to take the reins? But, you know, it's all unfolds as it's meant to. (laughs) That's what this dimension's like. It's pretty thick energy down here. And sometimes it just takes us a while to wade through it. And, you know, and uh, I sometimes just... Lately, I've been going, well, time's not linear. So in a way, it doesn't matter when you get to it. You just, you got to it and there you are now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And then it was like fast. Like when I started meditating and doing these things, it like cracked open so fast and things started coming in. And, you know, in just a few years, like the transformation has been kind of unbelievable in a lot of ways. And how's the the health issues that were, are they a thing of the past? Are they still there with you somehow? I think that they don't, I, I still feel physically uh, some pain and symptoms and things that affect me, but I don't identify with it anymore and I don't let it control my life. So I wouldn't say I, I still think that there's healing to be done in, in these certain aspects, but I feel free of it, which is a good place to be. Yeah, that's a I think that is really it's it's uh that's the word I'm looking for. Emblematic. It, it really shows a good example for all of us because we, we, we somehow think that the suffering, whatever it is, mental, emotional, physical, that, that that's down here in this thick suffering land of 3D humanness is somehow going to go away. That we, we can do, weave the magic and we're going to heal all the suffering when in a way it's more like as you're describing it, you just don't identify with it. Of course, it's still there. Of course, we have suffering. Of course, if you look in the moment, we have physical things. We have mental things, anguish, stress, like you name it. It's there in this in this dense field that we live in. But whether you I, the, the degree to which you identify with it is what can kind of set you free to kind of move beyond it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you went from you're in the advertising world. You think you got to go in the world of business, but there's something else. You got other creative things that were in there. Was that part of the journey that also helped with the healing? It's, you know, as we all get on our more natural path of where our energy needs to be. Some people need to work in the corporate world and in the world of advertising. It's exactly what they're here to do. But if yeah. it's not you, it can be torture. So was, was the creative journey something that also helped open up the field? Sir, sure, certainly. Yeah, it was, you know, when I wrote my first screenplay, it was during that time where I was home from college, you know, all my friends were like, studying abroad and doing all these fun things. And I was like, couldn't get out of bed for months. And it was just, I was so depressed and down. And it was an escape for me, really, like to go into this world and, and write and just create and fantasize and all that. So that was, it was a big healing part of my journey for sure. And just like you're saying, you know, the more that you're going into alignment with sort of what your, your destiny or your blueprint or your mission, whatever you want to call it, like, that in and of itself is, is healing because there's so, there was so much dissonance in my body and in every aspect of my life when I was feeling like I was being forced down this path of the corporate world. And like, I would like viscerally sitting at my cubicle in this office, like I would just viscerally feel so angry and so like upset every day going to that job because I just knew it wasn't me. Like, there's no judgment to anyone that does that and, and that enjoys that. And like, that's their calling. But for me, like it was not my path and like, it was so clear to me, but I didn't have the, the courage or the confidence or whatever to like, or the, the faith, the trust to dive into the deep end and like commit to the creative journey because, you know, 
it's ingrained in you like, oh, you can't make a living as a writer. You can't do this. You can't do that. So that's just, that's the belief I held. And I, it was, I was afraid to commit to it. So what kind of shifts happened and what was the process that, that, that led you to finally making that leap or was it gradual over time? Was it all of a sudden jump off a cliff or? <laughs> well, I was like, I would do my corporate job and then I would just come home and write because that was like the only thing that gave me any glimmer of like light in my life at that time. So now I'd write for a few hours before I would go to bed and then get up and do it again the next day. So I was always like holding that torch, I guess, in a way, like I knew in my soul that that's what I wanted to be doing. So I was just I guess I, I knew like I have to just make time for this and do it. And eventually it'll, I'll get there. But yeah, eventually I just got so fed up with the corporate job and like my parents could see like I was not well. And like they had so much compassion for me too. Like they were very supportive in a lot of ways. They like, they, you know, they're just have a certain mindset because that's how they were programmed and that's how they grew up. But like they could see that I was miserable and they could see like, I'd already been through so much kind of darkness already in my teen years. Like I felt like I never got to kind of experience the youthful exuberant, like the youthful foolishness of, of a college kid. Like I, I didn't get to have that experience. Um, so they, you know, they said, okay, like we see that this isn't, this isn't working. So if you really want to like try this, we'll, we'll help you. Like we'll support you and kind of see where it goes. And, um, yeah, after that, so like I quit the corporate job and then I moved to LA. I was like, all right, we're going to do this thing. This is where you got to be. It's where you got to be with the 10,000 <laughs> other screenwriters who hopped on the bus and took their suitcase and went to LA with a typewriter. Maybe it's not the same <laughs> anymore. You got your eye, your iBook pro, but, uh, same deal. So there you were, Jared Iverson. Yeah. LA resident. Um, Started as like, just was an intern, like, you know, I'd, I'd already graduated college at this point, And like, I was interning with kids that were much younger than me, you know, they were all in college and all that. So that was an interesting experience. A lot of, you know, self judgment coming up in those situations. But, you know, I ended up again, having a relapse with the Lyme and the illness and all that. So I, I lasted, I think, five months out there. And then I had to come back home with my tail between my legs. And, you know, that was another period of like just dark night of the soul kind of period. But it was also a helpful period because it, it allowed me to, to kind of clarify things in a lot of ways and be like, I'm not going to go down that path again. Like I'm not going to go back to doing that. And I really committed to myself and committed to, taking that chance to make it work. So, you know, when I did get my, you know, health back, I kind of spent a few months at home, recuperated. And then I moved to New York because I was like, all right, that's closer to home, but it's still, you know, there's still opportunities there. And I lived in New York, you know, just kind of feeling my way around, got into, fell into some like independent, uh, producers that brought me in for some projects and was doing um sketch comedy actually like I originally started out just writing comedies because I guess I, I didn't have the confidence to, to think that I could write anything um 
like deeper, I guess, even though I was like super philosophical and super into like mid the matrix and all these things. I didn't have. Yeah. But, but hold yeah. on a second here. I come from the world of comedy. I was, did stand up comedy for years and, and that's not easy. Like there's, there's oh, something not easy. Comedy all. is not easy. Making people laugh is also a real gift. And it also involves, um, a lot of, uh, most comics, funny people are really smart. They're really intellectual. They have a really sharp understanding of the world. And that's so there, there's a lot of wisdom and there is a lot of uh, insight that comes through the world of comedy. So there, I made a plug for comedy. <laughs> 100%. No, 100%. And I actually think comedy is the hardest genre to write. I mean, I tried my hand at stand up comedy, at sketch comedy, improv comedy, writing comedy scripts. Like, it is the hardest thing to do because not only do you have to be in, you know, insightful and how, but you also have to make people laugh. You have to make people really laugh. I find if you, if you, if you flipped it and it was said, I'm going to get into sorrow and I am going to write sad stuff. You need to make people ball that there's tears rolling. That's how sad you need, need to make them. And in comedy, it's the opposite. You have to make them laugh so much that it's like this extreme thing. And that's the hard thing. You can make people chuckle. You can make people in their head go, Oh yeah, that's pretty funny. But to make people laugh out, loud that's a that's you're taking it up a whole other level oh yeah it, it's incredibly hard and i have i have a ton of respect for comedy and comedians i think the only reason i was saying that is because i wasn't very good at it and like it wasn't it wasn't authentic for me i guess it was i was basically you know 18 19 years old and trying to be judd apatow you know like a lot of jokes about, you know, male appendages and that kind of stuff. And it wasn't my authentic voice is, I guess, what I was saying. Um, and did you find that more as you went to, as you said, the serious side of the house, writing, writing drama and the deeper insightful stuff? Yeah, I think so. It, it's just come like it's right when I started writing that stuff, that that's the stuff that really caught people's attention and that I felt more aligned in writing. Since you started doing that into the, as you say, the more serious side of the house, what sort of projects have you been working on? Or is it the one, is it time to launch into your project with the working name? It's Ascension, right? Yes. yes. This is this is the one that is, I take it is broad most successful has the potential it's moving on it's in uh it's in development yep that be yeah. the, the right way to to put it certainly yeah yeah so tell us tell us about the project of ascension as we take as we take the star sea journey as we take everything that's transpired for yourself and your personal spiritual uh life journey and now you're onto this project that seems to be a synthesis of, of a lot of things for you yeah so it was a, a, an interesting and, and lengthy journey getting there but i guess to go back to i guess when i was living in new york right so i was doing the the comedy stuff i was writing for these producers and then 
eventually, you know, I started getting deeper into the spiritual stuff and I, I spent <laughs> just months, like deep, deep, deep in research of all the disclosure and all, all the spiritual things you can think of. Like, again, it was very intellectual at that point. Like I was just determined to figure out what the heck was going on on this planet. And like, I would just spend hours researching that stuff. And like, I kind of had, at that time, I was like not writing as much. And, I, and it was a difficult period because, you know, my partner and my parents were like, you know, what the heck are you doing? Like, you're going off the deep end here, like researching all these conspiracy theories. Like, I thought you wanted to be a writer. Like, what the heck is going on? And I like, I felt like it was, I knew that I was meant to merge these two things somehow, but they still felt very separate. Like I had my writing life and I had this spiritual life that was like fledgling and budding at this time. And like, I didn't know how to connect them. I was like, how, like, how do I merge these things? Like, and I just knew like that I needed to be researching these things. I, I needed to figure this stuff out because I'd like hit a roadblock in my writing where I was like, I want to write about this stuff, but I don't know. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough knowledge. So I just somehow need to go down this path. Again, it was following the breadcrumbs like, okay. And when you say write about this stuff, you're talking about starseed journeys. You're talking about just all the concepts of conspiracy theories of interdimensional reality that we actually live in all the other different beings and ets that interact with earth in positive and negative ways and that sort of thing and you know yeah, some I of mean, the stuff that QAnon is a you know people are familiar with that that kind of goes off on another tangent as well but you know there's a general theme out in the world of some much more happening than what we just take the day-to-day earth human reality to be totally and i mean at that point it, i wasn't that aware of all of that stuff it was just a very nebulous feeling of like there's something more here and and there's something about spirituality it was very general like because i didn't have the clarity yet so but i knew that i needed to merge them so i just followed the breadcrumbs and researched and read books and you know, reading like the law of one was very uh, catalyzing for me. Uh, but people thought I was crazy and that they thought I was going off the deep end and I just had to have faith. Again, it's going back to that feeling thing because... Or you also had to find some new people to hang out with who were <laughs> kind of like, right on, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, eventually that came, but I didn't have the... Um, it wasn't integrated in myself enough for that to be reflected in my reality because I was so doubtful of myself and I was so insecure in myself, like thinking that I was so, you know, that's always reflected back in your experience. Um, but yeah, so eventually what happened was um, like, let's see. I was doing the research. I was writing on this, like we're still writing and we're trying to figure out how to merge it. And then, yeah, it all kind of came together when, you know, over a period of maybe, I don't remember exactly when it started, but I had this meditation where like, 
I just started receiving all these downloads about this show that you mentioned, Ascension. Like at the time, I didn't know what to call it. I didn't even really know what Ascension was at the time. It was still, I was still putting the pieces together, but I was getting these downloads that was basically integrating all these months and months of research that I've been doing into a, a story that made sense and that like could make all these concepts more digestible for an audience maybe. And like, it was fascinating to me because writing had never been like easy for me. Like it was always a lot of staring at the wall, trying to crank out pages. And, you know, you know, sometimes you would get inspired like a scene or dialogue, you know, going about your day, but it was a grind, let's say, but that, but this show, like I would just sit down to, to meditate and I would be flooded with images and ideas and like, the whole thing just felt like it was dropped into my awareness and consciousness all like into this bundle of download. And then it took me months and months and months to kind of unravel that and like polish it off and refine it and figure out what worked about it and put it together. But yeah, it, it like just came to me through meditation. And yeah. I took a, a screenwriting course with uh with a woman who described the process her process was like make your writing desk like a like a ceremonial altar that that that's actually what you're doing like you're just opening to the collective consciousness you are finding the stories that resonate you're having a relationship with them the characters and everything are already out there your job is it's more of a a, a channeling exercise to bring it in and uh yeah for me i was like well, absolutely that's kind of everybody's experience as you just described when you channel it when you connect with the story you're meant to write yeah. it's 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 not it's not work in that same grind as you described yeah, I mean, totally. A lot of the great artists and writers talk about that process of just opening to the divine and, and letting the inspiration flow in. And I mean, yeah. And works. here we are <laughs> with this project, Ascension. So so since you had the downloads, um, you started hammering this out onto, you know, into form. What's What's been the process since then, what? How long ago was was that? When you say, you know, we're sitting here, January twenty twenty two. When did these like meditative downloads yeah. start coming in clearly for you? I want to say it was about three three years ago, maybe a little over three years ago, when like the first seeds of this were coming and being planted in my consciousness. And then, yeah, I really just took, you know, like two years after that to go deeper into my spiritual work also because I knew that, you know, I needed to better understand all of these concepts intellectually, but also experientially and like ha be able to go back to the embodiment and all that. Because I, I knew at this point I had figured out like, okay, the inner work is a lot more impactful than the outer work in a lot of ways. So I spend a lot of time doing the inner work and refining myself and in my embodiment but then i also of course was developing the the script the pilot the whole first season and i just was basically in hibernation mode or like development mode for a couple of years to refine this story 
Yeah, and, and for those that aren't yeah. aware of the process, and like we sit and we watch TV shows on Netflix and that sort of thing, this is the length of time that it takes. Yeah. It's years and years of development and writing before something, a camera is turned on and, and something starts to fill. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, then I guess I, I kind of got it to a point where I felt like, okay, like, this is good. Like I can share this with people and kind of want to get it out there. And so I started doing some, you know, there's a lot of companies out there in the screenwriting world that kind of connect you with different industry people. So I was doing some programs like that where you know, I'd get meetings, Zoom calls. This was all during COVID too, by the way. So it was all Zoom and like people, the industry was in a weird spot at that point as well. But that whole, that whole experience was really helpful in a ways because it gave me confidence in myself to pitch my project to people, to share it with people and to get a lot of like really good feedback from people that were in the industry. Because at that point, you know, people had always told me like as a writer, like there's a lot of potential here. Like you're a good writer, but like this isn't quite working. There's like something not quite working. And I just had a lot of self-doubt. Like I didn't believe, I believed in myself, but like I was uncom shy, uncomfortable, kind of afraid to share my work with people. And, you know, that, that changed with the embodiment work, of course. Mostly I credit it to that, but sharing it with the, with the industry and getting good feedback gave me confidence to keep going and to like keep refining the project. But nothing materialized from that, even though I got close with some, you know, pretty big like name studios and stuff like that. They were interested, but it never panned out because I don't think it was the highest path because the way that, you know, the journey unfolded from there was it's pretty, uh, like it still kind of amazes me because it's so synchronistic. Like, like I can, my, my 3d human mind is like, wow, I can't see how that would have unfolded that way, but my higher self is like, yep, like we did that, we did that, we did that, you know, all arranged. <laughs> so you can and go what, into detail about that, yeah. Yeah, and so what did the higher self figure out for you? <laughs> Thanks, higher self. So this all goes back to Z's course, actually. And so a few months before... Z's course actually like I'd started getting into cryptocurrency like through a spiritual community that I was in people were talking about it saying oh you know this is and I got super excited about it because I was like this is awesome this is going to help liberate humanity there's so much here so I loved it and of course being my curious intellectual self I dove into it researched the heck out of it really just jumped in head first not knowing what I was doing learned a lot of lessons along the way but anyway, when I joined Z's course, I, I felt inspired to just share that with the community. So I wrote a post on the forum like, hey, cryptocurrency is a thing. Like, you guys should check it out. It's really cool. And um, I think that inspired Z or she was like thinking about talking about that as part of our group container. And I think that kind of like catalyzed her to be like, okay, let me, let me do this. So she if you remember, like scheduled the workshop with 
with Stu. So then I, I was on the workshop and I heard Stu mention like, oh yeah, like I'm a filmmaker. I kind of, I'm using crypto to like fund my projects and all that. And I was like, oh, cool. Like a spiritual guy that's into crypto, that's a filmmaker. I'm going to reach out. So I sent him an email like right after the call and was like, hey, here's this thing I'm working on. Check it out. And I just sent him, I think I just sent him the cover page because I had like a designer like pull up, mock up like a cool poster kind of. I just sent that to him and he got back to me. He was like, whoa, like that was, that's really cool. Like this speaks to me. Like, can I read the script? And then from there, you know, he loved the script, loved the project. And we just like connected like, like soul brothers, you know? It's like we were meant to come together for this. So, well, as you said, you know, um, you mentioned Stu. Stu Daly is his name. He runs a company, Starseed Adventures. He's, um, you know, as you said, a, all those things, a filmmaker deeply into cryptocurrency. I was part of his crypto group as well for a while and inspired by his enthusiasm and his desire to take higher level consciousness into humanity through all these various forms. So he's, yes, he's working. He, he runs conferences, starseed conferences, among other things. And um, yeah, he's very active in that community as well. Yeah. A little backgrounder mm -hmm. for Stu Daly, your partner. Partner? Would you, is it safe to say he's a, he's a partner yeah, in this project? So, though this was a year ago, pretty much exactly that we connected, you know, early January of last year. And, you know, we were kind of brainstorming, like, all right, how can we get this project to the right people? Like, what are our, our contacts? How do we get this out there and get this made? And so he, it's funny because, so he had seen an interview, like a YouTube video a year prior to us meeting about cryptocurrency with a film producer who was talking about how he was using blockchain technology to crowdfund his movie and doing all this cool stuff with crypto. And that was actually what inspired Stu to get into crypto in the first place. So it's a comes all full circle. So then he was like, oh, let me reach out to this guy because he's like spiritual too. Like he's into this kind of stuff. Maybe there's something there. So he reached out to him. We, said, we sent him the script, whatever. And he, he loved it. He really connected with it. So then over, you know, it took us a couple months to kind of get all on the same page and get agreements in place. But yeah, then three of us became partners and he has a pretty big production company. You know, he has access to a lot of things. And so he, once he came on board, like things really started picking up and there's been, now it's just like, there was one really cool experience that happened like, you know, over last summer that we can touch on if you want, because it's an interesting synchronicity, but it didn't really pan out. But now it's really just past six months, you know, it's just things are flowing now so much effortlessly, it feels like, which is, it's really fun to witness. Which is what happens when you make the connections, you get into your higher self you know, authentic path, all those terms we love to throw around in this day, but that, that's, um, that's wonderful. That's, that, that's good news. So what's, where's it at now? We're sitting here, as you say, January, 2022, where's 
the project. It still has the name Ascension. It does. Yep. It's a, it's a TV series. TV series. Yep. Sci- yeah. Science fiction. I say, you know, spiritual sci-fi <laughs> star journeys, all that sort of stuff. Uh, have you, is it, are you working on a, a first season? Yep. Yeah. So we have the pilot, uh, second episode written like in script form. No, we're, we kind of have an outline for the whole first season, but we're developing the, uh, the scripts for that now. And yeah, we have, so we're talking to like, we're trying to do, we're casting now. So I'd say it's in pre-production, like casting the show, finding locations, um, all that kind of Do you have a network or a broadcaster come on board yet? We don't yet. So we're kind of thinking about taking it in a, different strategy where we might produce the pilot independently because that allows us to have, you know, greater freedom, greater control and not have to wait for someone to say, yes, we can just do it. And thankfully, you know, we have access to funding to do that. But that being said, we're still talking to different avenues that, you know, if they said, okay, we'll be your partner on this, we would, likely go down that route but right i think now, getting the casting in place too will help with that now this brings up like a whole other topic where like um i know a little bit of you know you sent me the the what would you call it, the deck describing the show and it you know part of this scene is uh, or part of the themes are the um What's being discussed in, say, the Starseed New Age community these days, a lot of the fact that Earth is in control of, you know, under domination could be a verb you could use to describe, you know, um, nefarious beings, ETs, interdimensionals, kind of like holding us humans down in a certain way. We don't have to get into the details of it. I mean... The Laura Eisenhowers and Z's very much into this. So many people in the world are discussing this theme. So you're trying to take this into a narrative form. Now, when we get into the power structures of Hollywood and mass communications and, you know, the forces that be out there that control the quote unquote narrative under which we live, you know, you know, some would say this is a story that there's probably a lot of forces in the world don't want to be told. You know, I think there's 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 been a there's been a real balance over time of, you know, Hollywood and mass media leading uh, some, you know, awakenings in our consciousness that you could say that they they, they very use, you know, mass media and communications to, um, yeah, show different things that 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 actually lead consciousness in, in society. But this might actually be a little too much for or who knows what what are your thoughts there like of just like this appetite and sort of like the hollywood control mechanisms that infiltrate the whole planet as to yeah does, is this story what they're looking for or is this something they're trying to suppress yeah i mean well that's why it's super important for for me and for my partners like that we're always staying in integrity and like that also comes back to doing our inner work and just making sure that we're 
not aligning or, you know, aligning with anyone that's not going to be in the highest alignment for this project, because there's, that certainly is, you know, something to consider. But what, what I found is, you know, when we're holding our intention and our highest integrity, it's, it's what I've seen is that people that we're attracting are very aligned and very much in this mindset, whether they're consciously kind of aware of all the things or just kind of have an energetic resonance with it. Right. Because another way that this stuff goes, it's an industry and there's gazillions of dollars on the line and people make stuff and they're like, whatever, we just want this to be you know, make as much money as possible. And that's, you know, great ideas go into that funnel of Hollywood and mass media and they get dumbed down and they just get turned into guardians of the galaxy and shit like that, that makes a lot of money. And then they do three or four sequels and you know, that there is a big ass machine out there that just wants to take quality, turn it into, you know, you could call it just turn it into shit, but that's money making <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's how it operates. And a lot of people get their livelihood that way. So, you know, you're kind of also up against then whenever you bring in a network or a broadcasting partner, they want to have a hell of a lot of control. They're throwing money into the project. They usually want it to make money, even if it turns into dumbass shit that, you know, people consume and the, the message you know, higher intentions can sometimes be lost in that meat grinder of profit. Certainly. But, you know, I think for my, my partners and I were this, is like, we don't care about, they could offer us a billion dollars. Like we will not compromise our vision and our integrity for anything. And like, that's just not, not even on the table. So, and I think that's, you know, because this story, it's like, it's, it's our story. Like it's the star seed story. It's the story of our family, our community. So it's not something that we're, we're going to compromise on. And, you know, yes, we, <laughs> our intention is very much to be a catalyst, be an awakening to the collective, to the collective consciousness. And there's a lot of, things that we're going to layer into the show in very subtle ways, very, you know, ways that won't necessarily stand out, but that will have an impact on the consciousness. And, you know, we just, just, it's science fiction. That's, that's what we say. You know, if people ask, if people push back, but, you know, we know that there's more to it than science fiction. (laughs) And science fiction has had a role, especially over the last hundred years of seeding our collective consciousness with these ideas. I heard an interview on Cosmic Disclosure where they were talking about Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry having an uncle who worked in the U.S. Navy secret space programs and just some of the concepts of of Star Trek. It It was deliberate to try to get these notions out to the collective that, okay, here's some stuff that, you know, we're, we're, we're presenting it to you as wild ass fiction, but no, this stuff's kind of actually going on. You know, they talk about the movie avatar where it's like, uh, it's kind of like reality. Like almost everything in that movie is, 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 is existing. So, so there is, there is a process in place and has been for some time where science fiction 
And a lot of science fiction writers are channelers. They're the ones that are doing this work and channeling and going into these other realms and bringing this information in. So it's it's a vital part of, say, the ascension process, the awakening process into our collective. Yeah, this was something that I realized as you know I was going into this is how much disclosure comes out through through media, through film and TV and, and all of that. And um, as with Gene Roddenberry too, actually, I read that he actually was like very involved in these, I guess you can call them spiritual circles back in the day, where he would go. There would be someone that was channeling, you know, interdimensional beings, and that's where he got a lot of the inspiration for Star Trek and all of that. So. I mean, there's a long lineage of, of people that have been dabbling in the spiritual realms and bringing that through through media. Um, and yeah, actually, I was going to mention like, like Contact was a huge film for me. I watched, I remember so clearly like watching that the very beginning of my awakening. Like, I think I had maybe just heard the term starseed, like just started to filter through the thick fog, as you say, the sludge of this amnesia. And like, I watched that film and I sobbed like so deeply at, at that ending scene when she goes through the Stargate and she meets, you know, her father, who's not really her father, but it's these beings that, and like that just cracked something open in me that, you know, I didn't understand at the time because, you know, I wasn't a crier. I didn't really I maybe would tear up at a, you know, at a, a nice emotional scene, but I, I didn't cry like that. And this, it was visceral. It was deep. It was some soulful, just like resonance that started pouring out of me. I think there's also, or I'm noticing stories of, there's stories about, ayahuasca journeys there's stories about all kinds of different exploration that's going on that's starting to hit the mainstream i think what's what's wonderful is we're in this age of really competitive streaming platforms and people are always looking you know the market's also there looking for edgier stuff um you know not not such mainstream stuff they're really willing to take a risk so you're um and as you say, there's more and more people are starting to kind of come into their integrity and say, yeah, we could make bullshit profitable stuff or we could actually work to the higher good. So um, um, so you say you're finding that. You say you're finding that integrity and there's people aligned in a similar way in the industry. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean – I'm seeing a lot of people in the starseed community, lightwork community that are interested in these things, interested in, you know, filmmaking and all these things to, to bring this forth, but also just in the industry of Hollywood. I mean, we're trying to steer as clear from the institutions, I guess you could say, as we can and work more with, with, I guess it's just people that, we're connecting with are people of integrity, people that are interested in this kind of stuff, people that are interested in having an impact. And even in the institutions, I mean, I've talked to so many people like, you know, through that program I was doing, I talked to someone at a huge network who was, I mean, she was so inspired by like, you know, using entertainment and stuff to shift consciousness, humanity, like 
so there's people are out there. And I think that because of the collective shifts that are happening, like it's pretty much inevitable that this stuff is going to become mainstream, at least in, in certain ways, like the people become aware of certain aspects of it. Yeah, and already it's mainstream. That's like what a lot of science yeah. fiction is. You know, even yeah. you know some of the most popular shows, or even you know, you could go to. I I don't watch Avengers movies or that sort of thing, but there's there's themes and concepts that are discussed in there that are kind of you know they're they're leading consciousness, you could say, or even technology, or, you know, they're always exploring themes. Where are we going as a race, as a species, is, is that sort of thing. And yes, there is an appetite for it. Like we, we want entertainment that reflects our own journeys. So as more and more people come online, like you and I have and recent explorations and growth, and I know so many friends that are similar minded, that's the entertainment we're striving for. I want more ascension and shows that you're doing less Avengers. Yeah, totally. Uh, I have no doubt that's going to be the case. So 2022, what's the, uh, what's the prognosis for the Ascension project? Do you guys have timelines and, uh, or is it really just, you do one step and wait to see how it unfolds and off to the next step? It is more of the latter, but you know, we have, a plan and a vision. So right now the intention is to do the pre-production, get casting in place, get locations in place. And we really want to film the pilot this say August, September, October in that time frame. Whether we have a network behind us or not, we're like, that's our intention. And I I know that we're gonna we're gonna do that. And then from there it's you know, then we go out to the networks and say, who wants to be a part of this and all that. So, you know, our feeling is that by early next year, this could be something coming into a screen near you. Okay. Not just the pilot, but maybe, um, as you say, you got to yeah. get the pilot out there and then you have to get like season one into production. But you say exactly. you've already written sort of the outline. You got story arcs and characters in place for the season. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much ready to go for like season one once we have the green light, the funding in place for all of that. So it should be relatively streamlined. Are you doing any uh, crowdfunding pitches or is, is, that, uh, is that part of it? Do you have a crypto wallet somewhere that you're accepting, you know, Shiba donations to or <laughs> anything along those lines? It's funny you say that. I mean, that's something that we're throwing around because we want to like have the community be involved in the project. Like there's so many people that, you know, have can relate to this journey. And like, we want to be able to give the community access to that or opportunity in it. And so we're trying to figure out like if we can make that work, but there are other ways of when it comes to like promoting the the show and stuff, we have, one of the, my partners, he founded this whole crypto app basically that helps, um, like people receive, um, income for basically recommending a project to someone. Like it's like an affiliate thing, but it's using blockchain technology to track it all. It's actually really cool technology. So that's also something that we're planning to implement, like once that's ready to go so we can get the community involved because 
you know, that's, that's what we want. And it seems like that, you know, you know, to kind of wrap up our conversation on that all important theme of community, that's something that's really coming online. That in an essence, in essence is what's driving crypto. It's what's driving, um, you know, so many, you know, projects. How do we build the quote unquote new earth? Well, we, we're doing it through community and shared vision and that sort of thing, not just like divide and conquer and I'm going to make more money than you or I'm going to squash you on my journey that it seems coming online is just even like a new process and a new way of doing things and just with, you know, that fundamental quality of community driving things rather than, I don't know what, this old patriarchal age we're coming out of, you know, where it just seemed to be profit and domination and that sort of thing. So it's, it, it feels, uh, yeah, there's, there's some hope we could say a new hope to stick with, a, <laughs> to stick with, uh, uh, you know, science fiction theme that, yeah, that community driving these things forward and we're going to get new results and new projects out of it. Absolutely. I mean, why do you think there's so much effort put into dividing us to creating separation and otherness and all, all of those things it's because there's nothing more powerful than a group of unified hearts and a, with a unified vision like that's what changes this world so you know that's what that's what we have to remember <laughs> and that's what you're using as a bit this guiding principle in 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 your project in a screenwriting tv series project for sure yeah this is my, you know, my intention to bring, to bring the community together to show people that they're not alone and that they're not crazy and that their journey is valid, their experiences are valid and that, you know, they're not alone out there. Yeah. So is there any way people can, can follow this uh, project uh, through web or social media or is there, uh, can, can the fans follow along at this stage? At this stage, it's a little bit behind the scenes, I think. Um, but we'll get all that up and running when the time is right. But people can connect to me if they want. You know, okay. I always love connecting to to our family. Good details in the credits. Find that. That has been. Um, thanks, Jared, for for sharing that your journey uh the project uh the the integrity to which you're kind of operating at so you know it sounds like it's going to be something like you know i think one of these things we also have to take into consideration is attachment from outcomes you know and then know that you know just this going on the journey acting with integrity acting with higher soul purpose and something is going to happen you know, it might not be what you started off with at the beginning of the journey, but something good will come out of it. So I guess it's all I can wish you is uh, something good <laughs> to, to, to come out of it. And, and maybe the vision will be realized. I'm stoked. I want to watch the show for sure. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, next year I can come back sometime and we can talk about the show. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again, Jared. Peace and blessings and, and best of luck with, with the whole project. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. 
Great talking. There's a star seed waiting in my car. He's texting all his friends to meet him at the bar. There's a star seed riding on her bike. For a hundred bucks, she'll clear your past life trauma if you like. Oh. Hey, thanks for tuning in. A big McNuttius Dimension thanks again to my guest, Jared Iverson, and we'll keep you abreast of the project. I guess stay here as good a place as any for updates on what him and his partners are doing with the development of TV show Ascension. Who knows, might not even have that title. Start of stuff happens, you get a working title, who knows where it's going to go. More of this stuff's coming online. Kudos to Jared and his team for kind of taking this story that's kind of really happening right here, right now, and, uh, you know, trying to push it out there into a little bit more mainstream access, narrative, sci-fi, TV wonderland that we can all enjoy. So, yes, thanks again, and uh, good luck. Blessings to Jared and his team on that project with Ascension. If you want to connect with me... You could, if you want to. It's always great to hear from you. Got any questions, uh, anything going on. McNuttius is all you need to know. McNuttius.com is my website. McNuttius, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok. Got uh, Sunday night live streams coming at you on the McNuttius YouTube channel with Ruth Lira, Energy Healer. Little project we call Awakening RFN as in right fucking now because that's how this stuff works in a way. Time's an illusion. It's all happening in the moment, people, but there's lots out there. Um, be great to hear from you. Thanks for checking out the McNuttius Dimension Consciousness Salon, and we'll catch you next time. McNuttius.